0: Hi, and welcome to the Transformations with Jane podcast. This is the first episode of season two. Thank you so much for coming back to listen again. And I'm very excited to be back in my little um, makeshift recording studio. So today I would like to first say um, a big shout out to all my friends around Japan who are at the moment dealing with Some things that Mother Nature has uh, sent to us, we've had super typhoons, we've had massive earthquakes up in Hokkaido, and we even had an earthquake here in Fukushima yesterday morning that woke me up at five o'clock. I haven't been woken up by an earthquake for months and um, just reminded me, hey, we have to be on the ball here with our disaster preparedness. So this is my little PSA to you guys, if you you know, haven't checked your kit recently, just go and have another look at it. I went and looked at mine yesterday and I was like, oh my God, where's our water? Because actually my husband had been drinking it because it was nearly out of date and I'd completely forgotten to restock. And we had like six bottles of water for our whole family, which is like not enough. So today, along with everybody else in town, I went looking for boxes of water and my drugstore was like completely sold out. Only it wasn't um, because I was looking around the shop and I was like, well, there's nothing here. I'll just get mugicha instead because at least you can drink that. And um, I'll get a box of mugicha that'll, you know, if something happens in the next sort of 48 hours, it will be okay. And then I spied the last box of water on one of those carts that the, um, you know, the shop workers have to bring out all the stuff from storage. And I was like, oh, it's too much trouble to get that box. And then I was like, no, it's not. That's the last box in the story. You are going to get that box. So um, I went and I found someone. I said, hey, can I get that box? And she was like, sure, here, let me help you and actually put it on the trolley for me and everything. So I did come away with a box of water. So I came home and I've been ordering things on Amazon. Um, So Helen, uh, Helen autori down in... Osaka mentioned that, you know, something she noticed from not being uh, prepared was not having um, waterproof repair tape. And that would have been amazing to have just to do some quick repairs with, especially once the typhoon had blown through and you're still waiting for someone to come fix something. If you've got this, you know, roll of tape, kind of MacGyver type masking tape stuff, you can do all kinds of things with it. So that's on my was on my Amazon shopping list and it's on its way to us um, tomorrow or the next day. So thank you, Helen, for that. Um, Everybody check your kits. And um, so today I have um, a really great interview with Tina Koyama, who is a holistic life and wellness coach. And she lives up here in Tohoku um, in Niigata, which is not that far from where I live um, in Fukushima. And so it was really great to interview a fellow Tohoku resident. So she guides women to let go of stress and bring in more self-love, and she's tr- uh, trained through the Path of Self Love School. So we talk about lots of things during this episode. For example, um, you know her her journey, how she's transformed through um, you know through this learning to be a, a coach, and how that's helped her. Um, And I'm sure a lot of you can find something in that story that resonates with you. We talk about perfectionism and how she dealt with her inner critic who was a perfectionist. And also, I talk a little bit about my struggles, control issues, struggles, and um, how that affected my business, yeah, Um, especially in the beginning. So, it's a really interesting episode, and I hope you will give it a listen so here's uh, me and Tina hello Tina welcome to the transformations with Jane podcast thanks for coming today
1: Hi, Jane. Thank you so much for having me. It's really an honor.
0: Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, and you're over there in Niigata, and I'm here in Fukushima. It's a Tohoku, um, <laughs> Tohoku-themed uh, <laughs> d- d- discussion today, isn't it? It's not often. We have two two people who are both in northern Japan. Yeah, yeah. I'm in Niigata City. You're in Niigata City. I'm in Iwaki City, which is in Fukushima. And it's just inside Tohoku. How's the weather on your side of Japan today?
1: Today, um, it's not too bad actually. Um, we just had that typhoon blow through, so right. You know, today, today it's it's rather clear, but hot and humid as yes. usual. I don't think we ever escape the humidity here.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. So, did where what happened with you guys on that side? Did you get some damage from the typhoon after it passed through?
1: Osaka and Fukui and? Luckily no Um, I think it it sort of uh, went out to the Japan seaside so uh, we got a lot of wind and a little bit of rain much less than I expected after seeing all of these horrible reports on the internet um, about friends down south and all of the things that happened with the typhoon down there we really lucked out and, and didn't have much trouble at all here in Niigata
0: yeah that's good and yeah i know we both have lots of friends who are down there in osaka so let's give them a little shout out and say um we hope you're you're doing okay down there and things are getting back to normal is there anyone in particular you'd like to give a shout out to tina
1: oh yes well i have a couple of friends in osaka so there's jackie
0: yes oh, jackie. jackie yeah
1: but I, I know. Um, I think she's slowly getting her her power back, and things are slowly getting to normal in her area. And then I have a friend, Janet. Janet's yes. doing the uh, Osa, Osaka kitten rescue. Um, I know she's been out in her neighborhood with her family, helping people to clean up. She's been working really hard.
0: Right. Yeah. That's awesome. I'd like to say hello to Helen and to Kat, who I know both had damage to their houses from this um, recent typhoon, and I hope that, yeah, the people in their neighborhood as well, everybody's okay, and, yeah, getting back to normal, but it sounds like, you know, this is Japan, things will be back online soon, and everybody will be back to business in a couple more days, yeah, (laughs) amazing.
1: Yeah, best wishes to everybody down south.
0: Yeah, we're thinking of you up here, Yeah. So, Tina, yeah, for those people listening who don't know who you are, could you just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Okay, yeah, sure. So, my name is Tina Koyama. I am from South Carolina in the USA, and I've lived in Japan for about 20 years now, Um, 15 of them here in Niigata, and I used to live in Guma for a couple of years, well, about five years, actually. And right now, what I'm doing is going through some coaching programs to become a life and wellness coach. Um, So, the school is called the Path of Self Love School. Um, It's a brand new program that was started a couple of years ago by a multi book author named Christine Arilo. She's all about self love and self care and self development. Um, And so, what we do. Uh, through this program as we learn about all of the different aspects of self-love and I want to use that information to guide women to let go of the stress and really um, bring back that self-love and that self-care so that they can nourish themselves and overcome whatever is going on in their lives.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a, something a lot of us could do so, with some help. <laughs> And I mean, even, you know, some days are better than others, but yes, we could all learn a little bit more about self-love and self-care, that's for sure. So um, you live in Niigata, and so for people who are not great on the geography of Japan, how would you describe Niigata? Where, where and what would you describe Niigata as being? Right,
1: yeah, so Niigata City is... Um about two hours north of Tokyo by Shinkansen. Yeah. Um, I guess it's about six hours from Tokyo if you drive. It's quite far. Um, We're on the Japan seaside. So we're on the left side of the main island of Japan. Um, And we're quite near Korea. So if you know where Korea is, um, you can just sort of look to the right and we'll be like right across the pond from South Korea. (laughs) Yeah. And Sado
0: Island is near Niigata, isn't it?
1: That's right, yes. We have this um, small island just off the coast called Sado. Uh, It's a lovely little place um, that has an old gold mine and you it's really, really cute and and very, very nice place to visit in the summer.
0: Yes, I've wanted to visit there. I don't know why, but yeah, it just looks really beautiful and yeah, sort of somewhere a little bit different, yeah. Um, from the mainland, perhaps. Is that mm. true? Or am I just imagining it?
1: <laughs> oh, no, it's, it is. It's nice. Um, it's hard to describe Sado, um, except sort of like what I thought um, after I'd vid- I visited Ireland once, and it reminded me of Ireland. Um, okay. very, very green, um, just the most vivid green grass um, on rolling hills and lots of rocks. Um, so, if you have ever seen pictures of like a rugged Irish coastline, you've got this little island that's like a mini Ireland. <laughs> sure, good. <laughs> so, it's that very pretty. Right up, pretty. up my alley, yeah,
0: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you are from South Carolina and now you live in Niigata. How does that sort of, are they similar or different or?
1: Oh, my goodness. Um I want to say it's like night and day. I mean, obviously America and Japan, very, very different. Um, Niigata, I I guess Niigata is a bit more humid than South Carolina. Um, and South Carolina is known for blue skies. Um, and Niigata is known for months and months and months of gray skies in the winter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, so the weather is probably the biggest difference. Um, you know, back home in South Carolina, as a child, I remember wearing shorts on Christmas Day. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah, in public, you know, shorts and t-shirt to go last night yeah. shopping. Yeah, outside. And it being, you know, sunny and windy and a bit cool. And here, um, it, I, the weather, for me, it's just terrible, honestly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Winter, <weather>. Yeah. <laughs> do you get snow. a lot of snow? Yeah, we do. We get a lot of snow. Last year was a uh, record uh, snowfall. Um, but no, normally, even the regular snowfall is a lot for me. So it's a lot to have to shovel snow every day to get to your car and then clear your car off, and then driving on snow to get to work every day. It it can be um, it can take a toll on you mentally and emotionally if you're not used to it.
0: I can imagine just the, not seeing the sun and then having to deal with all that snow constantly must be yeah very stressful. especially if you're not used to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're talking like meters of snow here, aren't we like piled up?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, in some areas it is really literally meters. There are a few places down, um, an hour from here where they do get, you know, two or three meters of snow on a regular basis. Um, where I live because, because Sado Island is just off the coast. It sort of blocks a bit of that snow from, from coming in. And so it's a little bit less. So we're kind of lucky where I live. Mm. But yeah, the, the, the lack of sunshine is really hard. Um, and you know, all of, um, my friends here in the Tohoku region, you know, we talk about this a lot, just this, um, unrelenting lack of light in the winter, this constant gray, um, is really, really, um, difficult because yeah, you know, you can get quite depressed, um, yeah. without yeah. sunshine, so yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to live here sometimes.
0: Yeah, so my experience, like if you draw a straight line across Japan, you will hit sort of where I live. Um, you know, we're almost on a, sort of a parallel, I think, um, to you there in Niigata. And on this side of Japan, it's in the winter, it's extremely dry. There is no humidity at all. And we actually have to use humidifiers to, because we're uh- all dry out like and our skin is like terrible where like, everybody's got terribly dry skin we feel thirsty all the time we hang up our washing outside at night and in the morning it's dry um it's just so dry here um wow. it never it doesn't rain it, it snows maybe once or twice a winter and it's called yeah. sunshiny wacky basically um for that reason um, so, yeah, it's just, and we're not that far away from you, but it's just the weather is completely different. Yeah, so it's really, really fascinating how Japan's, yeah, it doesn't, you don't have to go far for it to be a completely different climate. Um, that is, yeah,
1: that yeah. is really different. Um, you know, I've heard that there is... Um, I forget the term in japanese but there's like a back side of japan which is where i live and there's a front side and, and <laughs> yeah right. the, the front side is is that uh eastern side that faces the atlantic ocean uh, is that atlantic no pacific, pacific? Yeah. Pacific, yeah sorry my, my brain's mixed up now Pacific Ocean and you get all the sunshine and um, yeah. it's nice windy and the back side of Japan is the side that gets the shadow the dark the rain the humidity sure Our, yeah we're all on the like the Japan sea coast side it's it's uh, you get heavier snow all along this coast. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like night and day as far as weather, isn't it?
0: Mm, it is, it is. So yeah, it just depends on where you end up in Japan as to what your lifestyle will be like. Yeah. Um, yeah. and often you don't know when you get there. I know I'd had no idea what I was coming to when I arrived here 16 years ago. Um, yeah. Then you learn once you're here, oh, actually, okay. Um, <laughs> 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 this is how it is yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: so, exactly.
0: How did you come to Japan um, 20 years ago? Like, what was your, I don't know, the, not the the reason or the, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, when I was in uh, college, uh, I was uh, in a really small school and we had a handful of exchange students come in and I was always interested in traveling around the world and, you know, learning new languages. Um, so when I got to college and I met these exchange students, I was immediately fascinated. I made friends with them. I mean, literally just a handful of people. It was a very small school. So I made friends with every exchange student. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're from Brazil. I love you. Oh, you're from Japan. I love you. It was wonderful um, to make friends and meet new people and um, you know hear about the world. And so... <clears throat> we slowly started uh, getting more and more Japanese students in at our school as I you know, went through my four year program. So the first year I had one friend, the next year, two friends from Japan, the third year, I had five Japanese friends and, and oh. I was tutoring these guys. Um, <clears throat> as they were coming in, um, they would introduce the old, the ones who were there previously would introduce me to the new ones. Here's Tina. She's been helping me with my homework. You should ask her for help. Right. And so I was, tutoring all of these Japanese students in English um, so that by the time I was in my third year of college one of them said you know you should go to Japan and teach English and, and I thought what you know like is that a thing <laughs> I'd never heard of thing. <laughs> <laughs> like what are you talking about but um, you know I looked into it and I, I spent a couple of years like trying to find information this was pre-internet days um And eventually I I landed on um, a job at an English conversation school in Japan on a short contract. And I thought, you know, I just wanted to come and see what Japan was like. And and working in Japan made it financially possible because I I really didn't have a lot of money saved up for anything like that. So, um, yeah, so that's how I originally came here. I just wanted to... You know, see where all of my Japanese friends came from and what the culture was like and, and, you know, try Japanese food and travel a little bit. Um, And and English teaching was a sort of a means to an end at that point.
0: Ah, that sounds very familiar to me. Yes. (laughs) Um, Also very similar sort of path here to Japan and realized that, yeah, you know, English teaching is fun and that, but it is, it was a means to an end. Yeah. Right. And, but now you're transitioning out of English teaching?
1: Well, yeah. So I'm, I'm still teaching here in Japan. It's sort of like my, my money job or my day job as I transition. Um, for the last several years, I've been taking a lot of online uh, courses, some business courses, some art training courses. And um, right now I'm doing coaching courses um, to become a life and wellness coach. So
0: what um, what sort of percentage would you say you're doing because um, it's like English teaching is still your main your main thing at the moment?
1: Yeah, right at the moment it is. Um, so I'm in the middle of uh, the second year in a program, sort of an advanced level program, Um, the first year was the path of self-love school in which we learned about all the different aspects of self-love. So everybody knows pretty much what self-care is, but they don't really know what self-love means. And Mm. people people sort of misunderstand that and think it means, you know, I love myself, I'm selfish or I'm full of myself, I'm snobbish, you know, so they don't really get it. But self-love actually, you know, there are like, uh, 10 or 11 different aspects of self-love and self-care is just one of them. Um, okay. Yeah, so we're learning about all of those things the first year and how we uh, can improve, um, if if we may be weak in one of those areas, how we can improve that and how we can sort of bring more of that into our lives. You know, so self-forgiveness, for example, um, self-respect or uh, self-confidence, self-esteem, self-compassion, like all of these things are part of the self-love tree. Um, And so we learn the tools and processes by um, to sort of, grow these branches, so to speak, um, so that we can um, become, you know, more balanced and whole as a person. Um, and so now I'm in the second year of this program and I'm uh, working to get certified as a self-love guide is what they call it more than a coach. But um, so i will be guiding people through this process of learning how to use these particular processes so that they can uh, improve their self-confidence or improve their uh, self-empowerment or uh, self-compassion, for example.
0: That's a lot of, yeah, important things there. <laughs> Self-respect, um, empowerment, all those things. That's great. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's good to hear that, you know, transitioning out of teaching English doesn't just happen overnight, you know. No. If, and I'm the same, you know. I've been transitioning out of <clears throat> teaching English, and I still teach English, um, you know, for two years now. But the the difference is, I don't have to do it. I'm just doing the ones that I like, um, as opposed to all of the jobs that come my way. And that's that's another bonus as well of having something that you're working towards. I think.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean. Sorry. Very bad timing, but somebody's ringing my doorbell. Could you hang on just
0: a (laughs) second? So Tina and I talked about this before we started recording that what would happen if the doorbell rang while, or if her cat meowed or something while we were recording. So since we've now discussed that um, the doorbell would ring, probably um, it has. So she's just popped off to, um, to go and deal with the door. And um, I said that if that happened, I would just talk. So that's what I'm doing um, and keep the conversation going. So yeah, we were discussing, um, you know, transitioning out of English teaching. And I've, you know, this is some, you know, a lot of people come to Japan as an English teacher and then find that it's not particularly their dream, but you know, it was fun for a while. But it is a great way that you can supplement your income in the meantime, whilst you experiment with other things that you'd like to do. Um, Or maybe you don't know what exactly what it is that you want to do, but by experimenting and trying a few things and having English teaching as something that keeps the money flowing and keeps it light and easy to experiment with new things, then it makes it easy to transition, you know, Um, successfully out of English teaching are you back
1: there Tina? Hi I'm back yes
0: (laughs) so yeah I was just uh, giving a bit of a rundown on transitioning out of English teaching so yeah
1: exactly exactly yeah so it's it's I mean I do enjoy teaching and there there are lots of things I I, um, still like about it um you know I like the where I'm working right now I like the students I like the staff I like the co-workers and you know it's um <clears throat> not what i had planned on doing for all of my life and i think as we grow older uh, our values change you know depending on what experiences we've had in life um you know that that sort of causes us to maybe rethink things and and i think especially when you get to be <clears throat> sort of you know middle age <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm forty six, so I'm I'm there and you know, you start to rethink things in your life and think, you know, how many more years do I have left on the planet and what do I want to do with that? And so yeah, English teaching, I've I've done it for 20 years, and so I kind of feel like I could retire.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good now. good whack at it, isn't it? Twenty <laughs> well, years.
1: Twenty years, I've done my job. <laughs>
0: yeah definitely and it's great that you know what you want because a lot of people are just don't know yeah um, they're like I don't I know it's not this, but I'm not sure what exactly it is so it's great that you are taking steps yeah towards something different
1: exactly exactly yeah so you know I think especially here in Japan if you if you're not fluent in Japanese um, you don't read and write Japanese, it's very very difficult to get accepted into any kind of um, study program. Whereas, you know, now we have the internet and there are all kinds of amazing programs uh, out there um, to get you certified in different things and get you into a new career. And, you know, this is something that I thought long and hard about. And um, really, um, I I was sort of inspired by um, how I grew up and and the things that I had been through um, that sort of made me choose this path
0: yeah and
1: so yeah so
0: the name of this um podcast is transformations with jane so tell us a little bit about your transformation that that you've been through
1: right transformation um i've actually been through multiple transformations (laughs) um yeah so when i started doing the the coaching program i really had to go back and look at all of the different things in my life that i'd been through and sort of take stock of those um i think one of the biggest transformations is Oh, goodness, let's see. So how how I grew up um, was in a, a very dysfunctional family. My dad was um, an alcoholic, and there was a lot of domestic violence, and it was quite a crazy time. Um, and this is, you know, my from my earliest years, my earliest memories that I can remember all the way up until um, age 22 when I left to come to Japan. Um, there was a lot of um, fighting and you know, just trauma and, and it was just a really crazy time. Um, so watching my mom deal with my dad and, you know, dealing with the abuse, um, was something that really, really affected me strongly in a negative way. And it took many years for me to overcome that. Um, and I mean, I think, you know, they say that time heals all wounds. And I think, putting 20 years (laughs) between me and that time did do a lot but I mean there were still many other things that were sort of underneath uh, the surface that I had to work on and you know working in in this uh, coaching program this has really helped me to kind of go back and and, um, sort of heal those things and look at those and you know see what still needs to be worked on so that that's been really um, helpful for me. But I feel like I have uh, changed so much in even just the last um, two or three years since I started uh, working with these tools that I've been learning. Um, So like when I was a child, um, I was afraid of people and I was afraid that if I showed people who I really was, they wouldn't like me. Um, So I always felt like really shy and introverted. Um... And, you know, I think that came from the way my parents treated me and my sister and brother. Um, You know, there was a lot of shame around what had happened in our family, what was going on in our family. A lot of guilt. Um, You know, when you're a child, you don't understand. But, you know, I thought some of it was my fault. Um, So, yeah, going through life with this really, really heavy emotional weight um, was hard. And it was hard for me to really... um, let people in and, and let people get to know me and for me to really put myself out there and, 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 you know, do the things I wanted to do in the world because I didn't really have the confidence. Um, yeah. So when I started doing this uh, path of self love school, um, it was really hard for me personally because we, we are just learning about these things from a book. Um, although we did have to read books and we had to write papers and, we had to do different projects. We also had to actually apply the information to our own selves. And it was really, really hard for me. You know, I remember we would go over something like uh, self-compassion and um, I really didn't have a lot of self-compassion at that point. And so I am, here I am learning about, you know, how we can incorporate more self-compassion in our lives. And I'm digging through all of these old memories and you know, I was in tears a lot of the time studying this stuff because I needed to apply it to myself. And so um, learning um, how to be more compassionate with myself and um, learning to be more honest with myself about how I was really feeling back in you know, the days when I was growing up in my family versus you know how I am now. it's it's just really helped me so much. And I feel like a lot of the weight has lifted because of this.
0: I can imagine, and especially I can resonate with the self compassion thing, and I think all of us, especially women, are extremely hard on ourselves, aren't we? Um, yeah. we will hold ourselves up to these you know ideas of perfection on every aspect of our lives, yeah it's Absolutely. a hard thing, yeah, a hard thing to let go of that, um, and to have more self compassion uh, yeah, that really speaks to me. Um, something I also struggle with. <laughs> um oh, yeah. you have to be compassionate to others is not that hard, but to be compassionate to yourself is yeah, a whole level it's of It's very
1: difficult. Around. I agree. It's very difficult. And you know, and you know, just even just like forgiving yourself for um for doing not only just for doing things, but maybe even not doing things, you know, I I wish I'd have done this, or I wish I'd have done that. And so to look at these, these old wounds and sort of um, put a new light on them and sort of reframe them in a different way so that um, we can take the wisdom from it and also um, transform some of that pain into something else, some more positive energy, and I think it's really important, and I mean, that's sort of what I've been doing with myself, and this curriculum that I've been learning in this program, um, and that's what I want to help other people with as well.
0: Yeah, and there's that saying, isn't it, We we teach the thing we most need to learn ourselves, or something, but because we need to learn it ourselves, we can teach others, and that gives you an amazing, you know, your, your past, your history, your past help is, is, can help others. Yeah. And that's, that's a beautiful gift that you have. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think definitely we do, um, we teach what we know and you know, like um, one of the things that um, I've been wanting to do is share some of these tools with people. So, like, I started a, a Facebook group so I can start um, sharing some of these things with people and um, getting ready to put a website up soon so that I can actually start offering um, some some programs that are teaching this um, curriculum. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, so um, the name of your Facebook group is the Brave Hearted Sisterhood. Is that right?
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right.
0: So, yeah, yeah, if you want to go and join that, just look for that in Facebook, the Brave Hearted Sisterhood Facebook group. And, or you can find Tina at Tina Koyama Holistic Life and Wellness. That's on Facebook as well. Yes. And, yeah, even if you just want to follow and see what she has to say, that it could be if, if her um, journey so far really speaks to you. And I know a lot of people in Japan who are here, often there is something back home that, they're, that they may have been running away from That they actually came to japan and i'm i'm the same you know it was something i was actually trying to get away from that sort of made me want to come here in the first place um Mm. but quite often just it doesn't make it better coming to japan you know it's still there you know um
1: absolutely yeah, I found, you know, the same for me. Um, I, I couldn't wait to leave home. <laughs> there was, it was a terrible place to grow up and I couldn't wait to leave home. And so, you know, I, I went to college specifically in another town so I could get away. And um, I'd always wanted to travel. And so coming to Japan was like a, you know, a no brainer when I had the opportunity to do it. Um, I took the chance and, you know, jumped on it and flew over. Um, definitely I, um, that resonates, you know, just sort of escaping the life back home and, and, you know, going out and replacing it with excitement and adventure. And, you know, that does work for a time, but, um, it's like, there's no, wherever you go, there you are. Like I've heard that quote somewhere. You're bringing all of your baggage with you, even if it's mental baggage or emotional baggage, like it's still baggage.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh yes, <laughs> that's one of my favorite sayings too, Tina. <laughs> Wherever you go, there you are. You cannot get away from yourself. I'm sorry. No, you can't. You yeah,
1: can't. yeah, yeah. So you know, like um, um, things that I I still. I mean, you know, it's a it's a process when you've got um something like that that you you need to deal with, and it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. Um, you know, like there will be days when I'm walking my dog out in the rice fields and I'll hear this critical voice in my head I think this kind of goes back to what you were saying about perfectionism so I hear this critical voice in my head you should have done this you should have done that you need to do this you need you know and I'll catch myself thinking these things and I remember one day walking my dog and hearing these voices in my head, these critical voices. And I thought, my gosh, it's my mother. <laughs> She's in there, you know? Um, yeah. It just was a realization. Yeah. This, this, um, perfectionistic, you know, critical person who's just like, nothing I do is right. And, you know, I have to just keep hashing it out and hashing it out in my mind. And yeah. So, I mean, that's like one of the first places I started working on myself with, um, with the, the coaching curriculum was, you know, to just sort of deal with that inner critic. That's
0: Uh, one of the ones,
1: right? The -hmm. inner critic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that perfectionism thing is another hot topic for me as well. And I see it so often um, in my, you know, around me, people who are just stuck. Yeah. They're um, Mm -hmm. paralyzed with what is actually fear, but they're calling it perfectionism. But it Mm -hmm. is it's fear that's keeping them stuck um Mm -hmm. in some cases the perfectionism may come from like like you um just explained yeah your mother well this is your mother's voice that you're hearing yeah so this sort of um thing that you you've grown up with that yeah you're not doing it right you're not doing it right you're not and so that becomes our factory setting almost yeah um But a lot of the time I see it as, you know, not, people not wanting to do something different or try something new and it's, and they use perfectionism as an excuse, but there's actually just fear. So yeah. Tell us a little bit more about how perfection shows up for you or has showed up for you. How you manage it?
1: Right. Yeah. So, um, through the, 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 uh, the program we have this quiz that, um, you can take and it tells you, um, which, uh, types of inner critics. So there are like 12 or 13 archetypes and, you know, the perfectionist is one, right.
0: the superwoman
1: is one, you know, like superwoman who can do everything until she like loads so much on herself that she's just, you know, just breaks down because she can't do it all. Um, we have all these different archetypes and, you know, my number one, uh, archetype on this quiz is the perfectionist. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And it's, and it's partly because I grew up with a very critical mother. Um, right. you know, it, in, in my family, if, if we didn't do things right, my dad would get really angry and take it out on us and my mom. So there was a lot of, um, pressure for things. Yeah. to be done right. yes. Yeah. 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 In the family. And so just the constant criticism that I grew up with, I mean, I had very low self-esteem because it was like, I could do nothing right. <laughs> um, and that was really hard to deal with. And, um, yeah, so what what I've been doing to heal this sort of perfect, perfectionist streak in me um, is this process where we talk with the inner critic. So my perfectionist is the inner critic, and I actually have a conversation with her. So I envision her as like a person. Um, we go through a visualization and, and sort of imagine, like, what does she look like? And um, there are a series of questions and statements that you go through um, to sort of dig into what's underneath all of that. Like, where did the perfectionism come from? Where did it first start? Um, what is what is she trying to sort of protect us from? Because, you know, it sort of goes like what you were saying with fear. Um, my perfectionist is trying to protect me from something and therefore she's, you know, acting up in order to keep me from doing it. So maybe it's fear of failure, for example. Um, because if I fail, then I get in trouble, right? So then, you know, you, you it, it's, it's like this, this weird little um, circle that you have to sort of stop and break because you know you keep going round and round in circles. I'm afraid to fail, but I'm so I, I tell myself that I'm, I ha- it has to be perfect, and then I just won't do it, or I won't do it unless it's perfect, or I'll keep doing it until it's perfect. So it's just this uh, weird little cycle that keeps going around. Um, but to sort of stop that, we look at the perfectionist as like, she's this, this person who lives within me. How do I calm her down? How do I mm. show her love? How do I make her feel safe? So that she can kind of, you know, be pacified a bit and realize that, you know, all of this, this um, anxiety, it's just not necessary.
0: And so what strategy would you, have you used and in, in this situation with your perfectionist to calm her down i know a lot of us resonate with the the, the perfectionist <laughs> that needs calming down like um what what sort of words would you use or things like that
1: well it's a process it's it's sort of like we have this um sort of like a worksheet it's like a fill in the blank worksheet but you you do it um vocally rather than write it down um, right. you know, so we're asking, it's sort of like the, you know, on my end, I would be asking you, for example, um, some inquiries, you know, like what I really, really want is, and then you would sort of feel into that and and what words come to mind, you'd sort of feel that in, you know, what's really, really, you know, underneath this is, um, you know, my earliest memory of feeling this way is, and so we just sort of. Develop an awareness around it, like where where is this coming from?
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: it's powerful. Then,
0: mm.
1: Yeah, it is very powerful. And once once we're aware of this, you know, the, where this voice is coming from, and we give it a face. So there's actually this this little art project that you do. Um, it's really uh, a lot of fun, actually. And you you put a face to this character. So my perfectionist, you can give her a name, or you can just call her the perfectionist, um, but you give her a name and you put a face to her and you can, you know, cut and paste or draw pictures or paint or however it is that you want, but you get your art supplies, uh, maybe some magazines and scissors and sort of cut and paste and draw. Um, You can do it on the computer if you're into digital art and you create this persona of this perfectionist so that you now have a visual representation that you can talk to.
0: I see. Yes. Sort of, demystifies it a little bit doesn't
1: it it does it does and then you have um this little conversation with this perfectionist and um there's a worksheet that goes with it so that you can sort of list up all of the things like where is this coming from what does she really want what is she trying to protect me from um is it really necessary so you sort of start rationalizing all the different parts of this perfectionist monster or um you know this inner critic um it's a really nice process, but it takes a a little bit of time. It's not like a one session thing. Yeah.
0: I can imagine. Yeah. There's a lot of um, deeply ingrained beliefs and um, behaviors and all kinds of things, experiences that need to be dealt with. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then, and then once we've gone through the process of all the awareness of it, then there's the process of actually putting it to daily use. So we create a mantra You know, um, so for me with my perfectionism, um, one of my, my mantras that I've had to use that I really like, um, is, um, you know, how does it go? Um, done is better than none. Mm. Done is like, you know, it's better to get it done than not have anything at all. Yeah. Um, and, and the other one is, you know, just, just do 80%. Like it doesn't have to be a hundred percent, just do up to eighty percent. Yes,
0: that's I love that one. Yeah, eighty percent is good enough.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Generally so it, it is, yeah. yeah create a mantra that just makes you, you know, feel so much better. You're like, Oh yes, as soon as you hear the words, you're like, Oh, yes, that's right. And so um then you create a routine that goes on for like three or four months where you work on this daily, you do your mantra daily, you watch out for signs of that critic coming back. And then you have words that you're going to say to this character whenever she pops up and you're just like, it's okay. It's just my critic. I don't have to listen to it, you know, and, and you just sort of slowly, slowly ease your way into, um, pacifying that voice and focusing on, um, more positive experiences with it using. Yeah,
0: yeah, I can see it's a muscle you can build, isn't it? And the it more is. you it do is. it,
1: like the easier it gets. Yeah, mm. mm-hmm. yeah,
0: yeah. The mental muscle. Yeah, yeah. um And my from my experience, like um I'm someone who struggles with like control. Like I feel like I need to be in control of everything, um, right. and with the, you know, the events that I organize, it can be really hard to control stuff, you know, that's not, it's you know, I can't, you know, trying to control things that are outside my control and being okay with that. And um, so I think it was um, last year in Okinawa, I took a group of people to Okinawa for two days and made myself ill. Um, like I had a fever, I had this virus going on because I was just trying to control all the things you know i was trying to you know keep the planets in alignment and you know with my brain power you know (laughs) you can imagine how this is um i've made i've lost my voice from um like i one time trying i took some people to new zealand with me and was using trying to use my mind to make sure that everything would go smoothly and that the plane would take off and we would get on you know, on time and everything. Um, got off the plane, I had no voice. You know, this, this sort of thing with my body would come up and I realized, okay, this, I cannot keep doing this. I really have to find a way that I can do these events, which I love doing, um, without mm-hmm. making myself sick every time. And um, I'm getting better at it. That's the good news. <laughs> I'm learning to trust. And that's the thing that I was struggling with was I couldn't trust that things would go well. And when I do trust that things will go well, and if something happens that I am an adult and I have the skills to deal with it, and then I'm I'm a lot better. And so I think this last trip to New Zealand, um, there were a lot of flights involved. There were a lot of going back and forward and everything went perfectly. And I was not sick once. I was, I think maybe one time I felt felt a little bit of a sore throat coming on. I was like, okay, Jane, just trust. Everything's going to work out and everything just went so smoothly. It was amazing. So yeah, I really sort of resonate with that you can do better. Yeah, if it's just, you know, you just need to build that muscle, build that muscle. And um, my mantra is, Everything is always working out for me.
1: Mm, that's yeah. nice one. Like Everything that. is always
0: working out for me.
1: It's <laughs> such a wonderful story too, Jane. Um, absolutely. I identify with that as well. Yeah, I've, I've had similar experiences with teaching English where, um, you know, probably the first 15 out of 20 years, every time I'd go to a class, I'd panic because I was afraid um, that it wasn't going to go right. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was always just like so worried and so anxious about like um, yeah, doing a class for the first time, for example, with like a new lesson plan. Um, and I would just worry myself sick over this. And um, one day, I think I just made the decision that I am going to go with the flow, and even if it doesn't go according to plan, it'll be okay. And it just changed everything. <laughs> yeah,
0: I can imagine. Well, yeah. I mean, like it's English class. What's the worst that can happen, really? You know, like, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. But yeah, it's amazing that um, the the settings in our brain that can make us think these things, yeah. Um, oh, I must control the flight plans of the, the airplane with my mind. You know, like, um, you can't do that. <laughs> it doesn't work. You're just going to burn out or make yourself sick or whatever so yeah but we can get better and we can um learn to to go with the flow yeah to release to trust that all those sorts of things grow our confidence in that area Mm. yes we can i agree so um you know let's let's talk a little bit about the retreat that you're doing in october and you know considering we just talked about perfectionism um, and this is something new for you, isn't it? doing a an, a retreat, yeah, where you're going to be yeah. yeah
1: yeah, this is very new. This is our first retreat, um and the, um from what I understand, it's the first of its kind in Japan. um so it's really, really exciting for us to be doing this.
0: Really, I didn't realize that it's the first of its kind in Japan. that is awesome.
1: yeah, I I, mean, I think um there I've heard that there are other. Um, retreats that are based on essential oils but you know with our retreat I think um, what's different is that we're we're not only teaching about essential oils and how to incorporate those into your life and use those for self-empowerment but we're also incorporating the coaching side so you know what I'm bringing to um, this particular um, retreat is like mindfulness and mindset techniques and you know getting people like grounded and just like really learning to reconnect within, you know, to the inner part of themselves. So I think that that makes it a little bit different from some of the other retreats.
0: Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Tell us um, what the retreat is called.
1: Right. It's called celebrate you through essential oils. It's and, all about, hmm. you know, um, celebrating who you are as a person, your self-expression, and just really, you know, uh, looking at the positive, and focusing on you know nourishing yourself and loving yourself from the inside, using the oils in a positive way for healing and nurturing and reconnecting so
0: um, who who would really benefit from going to an, you know an event like this?
1: right well it's a, an event for women um, both um, Heather Minowa and I were both. Um, the host for this particular retreat. Um, you know, we are focusing on helping women here in Japan. Um, the retreat will be in English, so native English speakers are fine to you know would be great to come. Um, Japanese uh, women who have a higher level of English would be fine to come um, and would get get a lot out of it, I think. Um, and I think, you know, when I think about all of the people that I know, the women that I know here in Japan, most of us are busy. Um, Most of us are, you know, dealing with high stress levels and um, could really use a break. So I think um, women in Japan who want to take some time out for themselves and who want to reconnect to their inner self um, and also women who are, maybe interested in, um, holistic and like more natural lifestyle who are interested in learning about essential oils and how they can help, uh, to support their health and their happiness. So that, that's sort of the person that we are thinking of for this retreat.
0: Yeah. And I know that, you know, it's so hard to a make time for yourself and then B to know what to do with that time when you do actually have it. So here we have the perfect weekend, you know, planned for you. All you have to do is show up, yeah, and everything is taken care of, all the food and where you're staying and and all that is is provided. So it's it's wonderful for women who are just, you know, constantly having to make decisions about everything all day long. Yeah, you know, what are we having for dinner? what time do we have to pick up so and so, all that stuff. You don't have to do that yeah you can just come along enjoy yourself learn something amazing about yourself and go home feeling relaxed and refreshed and that is an amazing gift to your family as well to have a relaxed um, parent coming home yeah for example
1: exactly exactly yes we it's a it's a lovely weekend getaway you could meet new people and really um, sort of hit the reset button for yourself. You know, it's, um, we're having this at a beautiful little um, Japanese inn, um, in Iwaki, as you know, and um, it's an onsen town. Um, so I read that this town, has, the onsen here is about 1,200 years old. So it's, it's quite um, an old onsen town. So it's very uh, quaint and, and cute. Uh, it's a really nice place to spend a weekend
0: it is and people you know like this is and you know this retreat's going to be in my town and you know the reason i recommend this place is because people you know if you're coming from a big city where you live when you get off the train in the station everybody just goes <sighs> Like, oh my God, I already feel relaxed, you know, <laughs> just by getting off at the train station and, and like right outside is a bath and you can just get into it straight away, you know, like get, have your feet refreshed and yeah, it's so a definitely a reset weekend. And if, you know, if you live in one of the big cities in Japan, this is the kind of place you want to be coming to. It's, it's just really, really quaint and cute. And the water is medicinal. Yeah. Um, you know, we know onsen water is medicinal. Um, But in this case it's particularly good for um, like muscle pain and things I think is um, one of you know and also um, you know cold hands and feet and things like that you know but if definitely we've all got you know tense shoulders and sore backs and things so we can sort of heal those parts of our body as well um, as healing the those parts inside our body and inside our minds and, and things too I think over the weekend.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's going to be a, a really beautiful weekend. It's going to be, um, a very healing weekend, um, and very, very relaxing. So I think, um, yeah, you know, come on down. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on, up. on down. And, I think most people are coming up, aren't they? <laughs> oh, it's coming up. Come so, yeah. on up. Yeah come on, come up. From Tokyo. yeah. come on up. Yeah. Um, yeah, that it's just really, really, um, such a lovely, um, in that we'll be staying in and um the, we went and and met with um the manager and she's just such a beautiful person so lovely and kind um yeah, they're excited
0: you know, to have you guys come so yeah um, it's a oh. thrill for them too so you're oh. very welcome there yeah, yeah. It's, it's just
1: really really i mean you just you. it's so hard to put into words how you feel when you go into that to, to the end you just it's so cozy and so nice it's just yeah yeah Um, it's it's really different it is and it's
0: you know like it's that's how they're built you know like they're built like that so that you won't want to leave and um they don't put clocks in the room and I was like why are there no clocks in here and they're like so you don't know what the time is I'm like oh okay (laughs) So, (laughs) so like so you can just really focus on on being there and everybody whenever I take groups to to, to this particular place in, in particular they're like we don't want to go out you know we just want to stay here and I'm like I know we have to get put our clothes back on you know because you're wearing a yukata <laughs> you know you're hanging out in your pajamas it's so relaxing it's just yeah it's just not something you can experience in a hotel that's for sure um mm. very different way of being mm. you know being that's that is um, very Japanese and it's really nice to sort of learn how to appreciate that I think too, Um, comes with a little bit of experience of being in Japan. Um, So it's a retreat for um, like you know like you've mentioned the oils and things, is it is it okay if like people don't know anything about oils they can still go?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. We are going to be doing several workshops um, on essential oils and we, we start off with the very basics. So if you are a complete beginner, you don't need to know anything. All, you know, As you said before, all you need to do is to show up. Um, we explain everything, how to use oils, um, how not to use oils, uh, what the, the different oils are used for. So you get a lot of information at the beginning. And then we start to uh, go deeper into it. So even if you are, someone who's used essential oils for a while, you'll still learn something. So we're going from um, the complete, you know, beginner all the way to, you know, the the person who really would like to know a lot more. And we start talking about things like emotional wellness and um, how to use oils for a positive mindset. So the deeper meanings of the oils on a different level. So it's quite interesting to go from, you know, that very, very uh, intro level to this more sort of deep end um, talk but several workshops over uh, a day and a half um, yeah, so we cover okay. a lot yeah so it sounds like
0: it's going to be a yeah really really like action-packed weekend and people are going to come away like they're going to rock be rocking it when they leave
1: on their way back home
0: again yeah yeah um, and
1: it's nice because they're going to get um you know oil oils to take home um, so they get this nice little package. They get oils to use in the workshops that they get to keep, and they also get to take some home. Um, so it's going to be um, it's going to be quite substantial as far as what they get to learn and experience uh, in the Celebrate You retreat.
0: That's awesome. And so, so people want to um, find out more. They can go to
1: yes. So we do have um, we have an itinerary with uh, all of the workshops written down, so you can see exactly what you're going to be taking and, um, and learning, and um, all the, the information about the meals and the room and things like that are all on this page. This is um, on my, my co-host Heather Minawa's homepage. So it's heatherminowacom slash celebrate you registration.
0: Okay, we'll get that put in the show notes so people can click through easily to that and have a look and learn more. And yeah, Flick Tina, a question if you have a question about this. um, And don't wait too long because it's in October
1: 2021.
0: It's It's not far away at all. So um, definitely don't want to miss out on that one. That's for sure. There won't be another one for another six months, perhaps, I think. So yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: And you guys are already talking about the next one, so that's pretty exciting.
1: Yeah. We are, yeah, yeah. So um, we'd like to have the next one sort of roughly, you know, planned um, before we get into this one, so that we can tell people when the next one will be. Because I know they're going to want to join the next one. It's going to be so good. Yeah. So yeah. they're going to want to join the next one. Yeah, if you can't
0: join this one for whatever reason, there is another one coming, so keep your eyes open for that as well. Okay. And yeah, just um, on a note for people who are like, Iwaki, that's so far away. It's not. Um, it may look like it on the map, but if you're in Tokyo, for example, it's one train right away. You just get on in Tokyo, in Shinagawa, Tokyo, or Ueno, and it's like two hours and you're there. And you get off in the station and it's like a three-minute walk to the Ryokan. So it's not far at all. Um, for people who are in Kansai, I really, really recommend the Overnight Bus. And I've used this multiple times myself. And you might be like, Overnight Bus, that's so, like, you know, I'm not 21 anymore. Um, but let me tell you, its um, it's got Wi-Fi. You've got a seat that tips almost right back. Um, you've got a curtain. It's private. And you wake up, like, you can watch. I take my iPad and I watch movies until I'm sleepy. And then I fall asleep and I wake up and I'm, and I'm there kind of thing. So it's very, um, it's very cheap as well. It's like 10,900 yen or something to get all the way from um, from Osaka in the number number bus terminal all the way up to Yumoto or Iwaki where you can just jump on the train a couple of stops to where we're meeting. So it's, it is very accessible even if you think oh god it looks like it's in the middle of nowhere it's not (laughs) i assure you so definitely don't let that be the excuse that you're not coming all right um and you know tina's going to be there heather's going to be there and i'm going to be popping in and out and helping out as well so it's going to be a fabulous weekend of amazing women from around japan that's for sure yes Yes. Thank you. <laughs> well, on that note, yeah, I think that's all we have time for today, but thank you so much for coming, Tina, and sharing your journey to, to you know we how you came to be where you are today. and I can see that the people who are going to be at this retreat are going to be able to you know get the benefit of your skills that you have in this area of coaching the self-love and working with your inner critics and things. It's going to be an amazing event so thank you so much for coming today
1: thank you for having me jane it's been a pleasure all right and okay. yeah
0: um we will see you guys here in iwaki <laughs> october 20 to 21 yeah
1: yes thank you yeah. so much okay. Looking to see you then okay thank you right. bye
0: Bye. So that was my interview with Tina Koyama. And it was a really, really interesting chat for me to hear more about uh, her style of coaching. So there are, you know, lots of us are um, either having coaching or learning coaching or doing coaching. Yeah, so, and they're all different. And yeah, so I I learned a lot from Tina today. That was really interesting for me. And I hope you enjoyed that too. Um, At the end, we talked about the celebrate you with a uh, with oils retreat and so i'm helping tina and um heather to organize this retreat so um that's one reason why i'm really really encouraging you to join it because i'd love to see you up here in iwaki and um if see some of my fellow list some of my listeners would be wonderful um so yeah if you want to join us up here this is you know, a really great and really affordable chance to have a, a great weekend away and really improve yourself. So I hope you'll come and join us. And like it is just really awesome up here. You will, you'll be you'll be glad you came. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for um, listening. And if you have any questions about today's episode, or perhaps you'd like to be on an episode of Transformations with Jane, then please just contact me on Jane J A Y-N-E at Jane Nakata.com. Or you can find me on Instagram, Jane Nakata. And yeah, just shoot me a message. Let me know what you thought. Um, if you could share this episode on Instagram or on Facebook, that would be great. Um, Please tell your friends and I would love it if you could review in iTunes for me as well. That's all. (laughs) Just a few requests there. And as always, thank you so much for listening and wishing you a wonderful day.